because of DPs, you have these outstanding players who are good enough to be playing in Europe in among all these kind of average players. So it's because of that kind of difference in quality. That's something I really love about MLS that you, you don't necessarily see in other leagues. Season 1, Episode 1 of TFC Story. This is a podcast that's going to follow the MLS side, Toronto FC, and we're going to follow all of the stories uh, related to that club. We're also going to take a wider perspective from time to time and focus on some of the connected stories, focusing perhaps on the Canadian national team from time to time, but the core of this podcast is always going to be Toronto FC. And as the title suggests, this is an introductions episode where I'm going to introduce myself and I'm going to introduce my co-host. However, his interview is coming up just a little bit later. But uh, just to start with me and my story, so my name is Alan Laycock-Fuchs, and just to give you a little background of, of myself... I am Canadian, born and raised in and around Toronto, and my love affair with Toronto FC started right from the beginning. So the first time I remember hearing about Toronto FC, it was on probably soccer message boards, um, somehow on the internet. This would have been around 2006, and I remember getting involved right away. I wanted to be a part of the club. I wanted to go to the matches live every week as often as possible. So I was on board from the beginning. And when I found out about the seating arrangement, I really wanted to be in the supporters section. And it was uh, a little bit surprising to me to find out that the, the supporters section was actually the cheapest section as well. So not only was it the most desired, at least for me, it was also the cheapest. So I'm a season seat holder from the beginning. And I remember that that first season in 2007, this was when I fell even more in love with Toronto FC. I call it the Danny Dicchio era. And, uh, of course, we all have memories of, of those times, the first Toronto FC goal, the celebration afterwards, all the seat cushions flying. Um, I was there for that. And uh, 2008 as well, still part of the Danny Dicchio era. These were special times, even though the team obviously at that time wasn't very successful on the pitch, they were incredibly successful off the pitch. Then around 2009, I guess it would be probably what some might call the start of the De Rosario era, Dero era. Um, I have very fond memories of the miracle in Montreal, winning the Canada Cup. The team still wasn't a huge success on the pitch, but they had these cup runs, they had these moments of brilliance, and you could see that things were starting to go in the right direction. <laughs> Unfortunately, the years that that followed with Preki and with uh, Aaron Winter, although I actually did like what Aaron Winter was, was sort of trying to achieve, but obviously we had that Poor run at the start of a season, which was kind of his um, managerial downfall, although we were having a great CONCACAF Champions League run. So it was it was tricky to be winning on all fronts, and there were some struggles, and there were some different ideas, I suppose, on, on the direction that Toronto FC should take. So yeah, there was a period in around that time where I, I never fell out of love with TFC, but sometimes it was harder to watch than, than at other times. And then, of course... 2015, the start of the Giovinco, Giovinco era. For me, Giovinco is Toronto FC. When I think of Toronto FC, he's one of the first images. Him and maybe Dero. But um, I think Giovinco even more so, actually. And obviously, that first season, just he took the MLS by storm. And you look at 
just the goals he scored from that season, if you did a highlight reel of all of those goals, you would think it would be something akin to like a career retrospective. And these are some of the greatest goals of, of Giovinco's career. You could have such a highlight reel just based on his first year of goals for Toronto FC. He was incredible. Obviously, fond memories of the 2017 MLS Cup winning season. Uh, winning the Supporters' Shield, I mean, this was an unbelievably fantastic side that was put together by largely by Greg Vanny. Of course, I'm still invested in, in what I'm going to call the Insignia era, which is still yet to come, but I'm very excited for the start of the 2022 season. But yeah, that's sort of a little bit of background of how I sort of got involved with Toronto FC and uh, some of my fonder memories. And now I'm going to take you to the interview I had with my co-host, Lawrence Labibi, and you can hear his story. So Lawrence, how did you find out about TFC? How did you get into MLS and, and Toronto FC? What was your starting point? Well, I think like, a, like most British football fans, it's, we knew there was a, a, a league going on in America. I think David Beckham going to the Galaxy was probably the first exposure that anyone had to actually watching MLS because it's when Sky in the UK actually like had some kind of deal to, to show games so I, I watched a couple but my opinion of MLS at that point even when I knew that Toronto had a team was pretty much you know it's a second rate league with second rate players and it's not really that good you know but then of course yeah I met you we actually watched some games and yeah I, I was proven to be wrong do you remember if you ever watched TFC before we met um, I don't think I did, to be honest. I think the only games I watched had been like a couple of games that Beckham was playing in where it was all about, yeah, who he was playing against. I think I watched a couple of um, like New York uh, Red Bulls games where Thierry Henry had been playing. But to be honest, the opponent had never really stood out to me, whoever it was. It's possible I'd watched a game with TFC, but... Okay. Yeah, nothing, nothing before we met, nothing really stands, you know, in, in the memory. So when we met, that was 2010, I believe. <laughs> so what are your memories of the team back then? Or what are your earliest memories? Um, of well, I mean, <laughs> I remember watching the first game, expecting it to be a really terrible standard of football. But I was proven wrong. You know, it was something you could say kind of halfway between the championship and League One in... English football, but because of DPs, you have these outstanding players who are good enough to be playing in Europe in among all these kind of average players. So it's because of that kind of difference in quality, that's something I really love about MLS that you, you don't necessarily see in other leagues. But yeah, I remember being surprised at the level. It was obviously better than I was expecting it to be. And yeah, they had some players that I thought were, were pretty decent, actually. Yeah, I think we had Dero playing at that time. But he wasn't. He, was he somebody that was ever on the radar of like European or English football? Because I know for a Not period of time really. he was linked with the, I think Rangers or someone in Scotland. But yeah, he no, he wasn't really a player. I think it's just like a name you would have heard just okay. because of his like international goals record. But he's not someone that most people had like seen play or was were particularly interested in. So, what are your happiest memories of TFC? <laughs> wow. I think for me, I, I was aware of TFC. I watched a few games, but obviously the signing of Jivinko was yeah. <laughs> the, the turning point, And that's when it went from being a team that I sometimes watch and watch the highlights or whatever, look at the results to, I have to watch this team live every time they play because he's just such an exciting player. 
So that was really the beginning of my kind of love affair with, with TFC, you can say. Um, and yeah, from there, it just went to obviously the MLS Cup winning season, the the run in the CONCACAF Champions League and just, yeah, Jivinko. I mean, of course, other DPs have come and gone, but he's the one that really remains like in our hearts and getting to actually go to BMO Field and see him play live and, you know, in a game where he, he ran the show as well. Yeah, it's like a like a dream come true for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, Javinko is TFC, and it's a bit sad that he's at Sampdoria now. I, yeah, I, he wanted to be with TFC, and uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. But uh, for me, that's the Javinko era. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been the same if he'd come back now at thirty-five. I think we should be happy with the memories we have, and yeah, in a way, just be happy that he didn't come back and kind of taint the the memory we have of him. Yeah. He's still got a house in Toronto, and I I wonder if when his playing days are over, if he'll come back and maybe be some kind of, I don't know, academy coach or somehow be involved with, mm. with TFC. It'll be interesting to see. So in the next episode, we're going to actually preview TFC team as it is today and uh, Ona Javinko, but uh, we're going to look at how they are stacking up. We're going to look at some of the players that have come and gone and what we think is in store for TFC this season. Uh, yeah, Alan, looking forward to it. I mean... We've seen Bob Bradley come in this summer or in this off-season. We have seen a lot of players come and go. You know, Josie Altador, the big one. Yeah, a couple of DPs have left. A couple more have come in. Obviously, we've got a big signing that's come in that's on the horizon. So, yeah, there's a lot to preview. We talk a lot about the youth players coming through and, yeah, really see what's in store for the season. And if you like this podcast, of course, don't forget to rate and review, subscribe. It helps spread the word.